Hi everyone, welcome to Backstage with Blur the Border. I'm Sarvi Shukla and today on the show we have Shrija Rajgopal. She's both a celebrity stylist as well as a wedding fashion stylist. As a celebrity stylist, she's behind the looks of Shayuni Gupta, Prajakta Kohli and Mithila Palkar, to name a few. And as a wedding wardrobe stylist, she is the founder of Draping Dreams, where she's worked on bridal looks for clients across India. We are very excited to host Shrija on the podcast and dive into her life as a stylist. Welcome to the podcast, Shrija. Thank you. We're going to throw it back to the early days. You obviously yeah. got your start in the fashion industry as a yeah. PR professional. Can you tell me a little bit about the switch you've made from working in PR and then transitioning into styling? Yeah, actually, you know, growing up, I I was always fascinated with fashion in general, but I never really knew which kind of sector to like dive into because I felt like I don't really know much like you know it's like any little girl who was obsessed with fashion when she was growing up and uh, i think when i was doing my bachelor's in mass media pr was like you know okay seemed like the more fun creative kind of job and the fact that there were like fashion brands i could work with that just sounded very exciting and interesting and i did a bunch of internships and i actually enjoyed the job but i think what really made me like switch to styling was just the 9 to 5 desk job mm-hmm. you know it's something i realized that it's not meant for me beyond a point so i did it for like a year year and a half and a lot of stylists would get in touch with me because yeah. i was like their point of contact for like brands when they wanted to source clothes for celebrities and i was like wow i didn't know that i was like that person in charge and that i don't know i just got really like fascinated by the fact that there's that world out there that i didn't even know of so I got saturated, made the switch. I interned with a stylist. I think I interned with a few stylists. I did like a bunch of editorial internships. I did I I assisted uh, Natasha Gora for a while. And then I just didn't stop. Like I mean, I think I found my calling in a way, but then of course I was figuring it all out even then because mm-hmm. it was a whole new world. But yeah. I knew that this is something I could kind of like stick to because it wasn't like every day is the same, you know. That that monotony kind of put me off in PR. I'm talking about like this is more than like 10 years ago. 2011 2012 is when I was doing PR. What was your first styling gig? Alia Bhatt actually. Wow. And it's funny cuz when I tell people they don't believe me and I'm like listen this is like this is when student of the year just came out and I actually uh, like her manager uh, I was interning with her when I was doing my PR sports internship. Mm-hmm. This is before she got into celebrity management and she always knew that I switched to like uh, fashion styling and she actually just messaged me one random day saying hey listen um you know do you want to sell Alia for like two events it's Navratri and she's going to I don't know wherever and I was like yes and although back then she wasn't that big a deal it was just her first movie yeah, the movie but, star that she is now yeah, yeah but i was just like okay it's still alia but why the hell would i not so what i was doing an internship back then with somebody i don't even remember i just left everything and i was like i'm going to go do this so that was technically like my first styling project on my own that actually gave me a lot of confidence cuz although i just styled her for two events i was like the fact that i could somehow pull it off with like very little experience uh, just just kind of made me more Because confident to like because you had the lens of looking at it from a pr Yeah, yeah, exactly. PR. That that really helped me because yeah. uh, even today, like when, because you're always interacting with PR, it's such a mm-hmm. correlated job, right? PR yeah. and styling, so it kind of helps. I think that I'll never forget that that first gig with her, because for a nobody from the fashion industry, when you get to work with Alia, like in in such early years, it's just like okay, you yeah, know, some you're doing something right. Would you say that that was your defining project that 
you felt validated as a stylist that actually pushed me to like it made me more confident about continuing with this right. you know there are other projects along the way which i'm sure we'll talk about where mm-hmm. i felt like okay you know this has kind of like meant something to me and makes me feel like what i'm doing is right but the alia project was definitely like a kickstart mm-hmm. if i can say so that just made me feel like okay i definitely want to do this now so since we're looking into your early days mm-hmm. what did you find to be the hardest parts of your job as a stylist everything <laughs> like this is like i was a nobody right i didn't know anything mm-hmm. about styling i didn't know i mean i liked fashion but liking fashion and knowing fashion are two very different things so for me it was like every day was a learning i had to like do so much homework i didn't know how to like reach out like how do you get work as a yeah. like you want to style celebrities but how do you get it it's not like your other professions where there is a set kind of like format like you know like okay you're doing engineering you know if you study you apply for a job you get a job this is very different like no one's here teaching you saying hey you know this is how you kind of navigate yourself yeah so it's all f- completely self-taught and self-learned so I just had to like I remember I used to sit with my laptop on my bed and like send out 50-60 emails to all ad ho- like production houses and advertising agencies because someone told me that you know send your resume and but I was like my resume has nothing fashion related so I would have done like a lot of like test shoots and stuff like that and I would just send out my resume to people saying mm-hmm. that hey I'm a stylist like just pick me for whatever is you know coming up and I did that for months thinking that okay I would get like one revert somewhere something clicks and it did happen and then I had like friends who were kind of like into events and stuff they got me connected to like a few managers here and there who were uh, handling models and managing actors and I mean I didn't know anything so mm-hmm. I went from like zero to like I don't know 50 and that took me a long time because I didn't know what am I supposed to charge how how do I charge? Um, how do I get clothes? You know, yeah. how do designers trust me when I say, hey, I'm styling so and so, right? So everything was a challenge, to be honest. And I think it took me like a good two, three years to get accustomed to it because mm-hmm. it can be a little overwhelming, you know. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your wedding styling business? Yeah, so that actually was kind of like a passion project um you know I was like the stylist in my friends groups and you know how it is they're just like oh can you style me for my wedding and I kind of helped a lot of them just put their wardrobe together their wedding wardrobe and stuff and I realized that you know what I why am I not doing this as a profession uh but that's when I realized that there isn't anything that exists already that caters to like wedding stylists you know so it's funny because like weddings I mean it's such a big industry in India it's one of the biggest It's just funny how there was always like an expert dedicated to like every aspect of a wedding. But like somehow when it came to clothes, there's no wedding stylist, which is bizarre to me Mm because like you spend so I think a lot or maybe most amount of your money maybe on like your outfit, because that's what brides, at least for the for the most part of the brides, they want to kind of look their best on their wedding day, right? And like, it's the photos that last. So I used to wonder that why there's no one to kind of like curate that for them and kind of make their life easy. Uh, that's where I step in and I want to make this something that's accessible to most people. I'm not catering to the elite and to, you know, the mm-hmm. bigger 
class of people i don't know if that's the right way to put it the but big budget weddings yeah necessarily no, because i think there's enough for them enough yeah. and more yeah. so this is for this is something that i would like to genuinely kind of it's more than help it's something that i want to kind of give back in a way of course it's a wedding and it's a it's 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 a job at the end of the day it's very very uh, tiring as well but it, yeah. it's just my way of giving back to you know real people like me you know and i think nothing more than like helping someone with their biggest special day of their life yeah. so i'm still kind of like working things around it and trying to see how i can kind of reach more people and like because i think the visibility is everything today that's uh, true and yeah. a lot of people don't know that this even exists as a service like wedding styling which is really sad but that's that's my aim i want to like have this reach as many people yeah it's something that i've come across as a stylist as well where you know people that are about to get married are very interested in being styled but they don't know how it works works yeah so tell me how does it work for somebody that reaches out to you yeah so firstly we kind of like have two to three meetings just to understand the person mm-hmm. their personality what their wedding is like you know also what their love story is like yeah. because a lot of them get styled like the couple gets styled or some of sometimes it's only like the bride yeah. uh we try to like do two three meetings just to understand their sensibility what kind of a wedding they're having is it an intimate wedding is it like a larger than life wedding you know um how important are the clothes for them like you know for some people they really don't care i mean yeah. as long as they get something that looks pretty they're okay with it and then there are people who really want to get into like the whole design aspect of their outfit and you know the detailing so so we kind of host a few meetings we try to understand the client then we go from mood boarding for them to like understanding budgets what is it that they want to spend you know i have brides who say listen i don't want to spend like more than 50000 on my jewelry so can you help me and i'm like of course you know because there's yeah. this myth that you need to wear real jewelry on your yeah. wedding day and there are a lot of brides today who don't find sense in spending that much and i completely understand that so yeah. you know kind of like helping curate brands for them that would help them in their budget and then we kind of just it's kind of similar in a way that you do go sourcing together but you're not sourcing your shopping you know yeah. so you go with the bride you uh, if the bride is overseas we do a lot of like facetime appointments you know we take videos we show them stuff we kind of try it on ourselves or like my assistant and we show them how you know the look can be styled yeah. and it takes about like two to three months to kind of like put together two to three looks I would say unless you're like curating something from scratch like yeah. making a custom look and yeah and then we host a bunch of trials we do like jewelry right at the end because you know we first want to sort the outfit so it's just kind of like making a checklist you know yeah. and and kind of like ticking off as you go and i honestly have a lot of fun doing it with brides because it's they're also excited you know because they also haven't heard of like half the brands when you suggest to them they don't know and yeah. i think because we're stylists we know of like so many brands and designers in every corner of india so it's kind of like interesting to see how they kind of enter this world and see yeah. like okay even this exists you know so So that's pretty much how it goes and yeah of course we're with them on the day of their wedding you know so that part is very similar to us being on set with with an actor you know we're yeah. there we're doing the finishing touches and making sure like the photos are taken at the right angle and the light is great and all of that and hair and makeup and everything So we're going to move on into the next segment of hmm. our podcast um where it's a little bit of a deep dive into the industry that we work in okay course we have a deep knowledge of how things work yeah. um but you know expectations are almost always at an all time high especially from a stylist yeah right yes i completely um, agree on that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there are certain instances where we're expected to you know to work on a project pro bono yeah 
right? That happens very often and we're all guilty of having done it, including myself. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I want to understand how you tackle this. If you ask me today, I just ignore such requests mm-hmm. when they come my way. But it's interesting that you ask me this because what I've heard, I mean, I don't know, I've heard that people do it even today. I never understood this and I will never understand that why must anyone do anything pro bono? Forget about styling. I just think in life, like I understand if you're doing an unpaid internship, that's the norm. I think in most kind of businesses or services where internships are usually unpaid, which Mm -hmm. I understand. But going to a stylist who's, you know, has work of like three, four, five, seven, ten years. Sometimes even 20. Yeah. And is established enough. Why would anyone or why should anyone rather do anything pro bono, right? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's a service. It's a job. It's time. It's effort. It's money. It's sweat, blood, whatever. And I think that as an industry, I find it very difficult for to find people who are on the same page as me when it comes to this stuff because people think that no that's the right way to like climb the ladder but I'm I don't resonate with it at all it happened to me I mean I worked okay I worked two years for free like my initial two years when I just stepped into styling when I was also like finding my way it was all pro bono or like I would get like 3000 for a project or like 5000 for a project but I wouldn't consider that a salary that's just like money coming back for whatever I've invested And, you know, the first two years, I didn't think about it because I was like, okay, no, I want this opportunity. I'm going to do it. I don't care. But that's the thing, right? That kind of becomes like a habit. I would, I mean, I would love for like as a community of stylists, if we could put an end to this, because I think it's just, it just doesn't end as relentless. Once in a while, maybe if it's like a really big project and it's something you genuinely want to do and you don't care, then it's fine. Like, you know, maybe it's an it's an actor you really want to work with and you've looked up to and you've got that your way. What do you feel like are your major roadblocks that you face as a stylist today? A lot of it is pretty similar to what I faced even say like six years ago. But it's just, I think number one right now in my life would be expectation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this could range from not just what actors expect out of you, but say you're working on an ad shoot or you're working on a film. I think people forget sometimes that we're human first and then we're stylists, you know, Mm -hmm. like our profession comes second. And so it's funny how people think that stylists at any given point of time, we're just like sitting available with like clothes and options on us all the time. And I've been of I've been part of many shoots and many such projects where my turnaround time is like 10 hours or like three hours and like six hours wherein they're like, hey, we need to see like 10 options. And I'm just like, what do I do? Also weekends, you know, they expect you to work on Sundays without anything being open in the city. How am I supposed to get you anything? So number one would be expectation because they just think that it's your job to deliver Mm -hmm. without understanding that our job depends on a lot on the logistics of the job, right? Which is, you know, we need to go to a store to get access to get you clothes. We don't produce them. You know, it's not being made in my office. And there's a whole kind of like route of like taking permissions, getting access and blah, blah, blah. So I think people forget that there's a process to styling. You know, for me, it's like there's a pre part of the job there's the actual job day and then there's a post it's insane so I think uh, people just expect way too much out of us sometimes and they need to remember that we need to be human first and think about it from that point of view and then get into like the nitty-gritty of the job a lot of the times people don't you know recognize that you're doing a lot of this and you're delivering your best yeah and even beyond without the resources that should have been provided to you in the first place place. exactly exactly so that's what I mean right things are forgotten like you know it's kind of the only thing that they know is that you're a stylist and that's your job yeah you know you you have to deliver no but like we said earlier on it's a very collaborative job our job depends on a lot of other people yeah yeah 
So we're going to change the tack a little bit and I'm going to ask you to name your go-to homegrown brands in five categories and you have to name the first few that come to your mind. The first one is jewelry. Shoploon. Love. Nisho. Also love. There's this designer called Timeless by Shweta. I love her arm stacks. That's mm. like doing the rounds right now. Shop Hanan also has some really interesting jewelry. Yeah. yeah. What about ethnic wear? Oh, there's lots. Um, I have currently been loving True Browns. I think their stuff is super wearable. So good. Yeah, their fabrics are great. So I remember I wore something for like Diwali last year. And then the year after, uh, the a few months down the line, I did their mm-hmm. campaign with Chitrangada. And then I got to actually see all of like their next summer collection, which was amazing for the weather that we live, like yeah. the city that we live in. I love True Browns. I really like Malmal. Shop Malmal is really good. I really like Ritu Kumar stuff as well. Some of her really soft, lightweight stuff. And even Nico Bar has some interesting ethnic yeah. wear, which is very different. Not your, it's not something that you'd find everywhere. I really like that as well. How about resort wear? There's this brand called Namara. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I have been loving their... So they do like... They do swimwear, but they also do resort. Mm. That Their stuff is really cool. Uh, my friend recently started a brand called Sea Biscuit. Very interesting. Listen, you have to tell them I love them. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, so Yeah, good. stuff is cool, right? Yeah. yeah. Really I really like her. Yeah. yeah. So the swimwear, I really like her cover-ups, her sarong skirts. Yeah. Interesting prints. Um, veranda is really nice. Uh, Flirtatious has like interesting colors. So... Yeah, these are like a few go-to brands. How about streetwear? So I'm not that much of a streetwear person when it comes to me, but mm-hmm. I love 656. I yes. love their stuff. I think it's very, very cool. I really like what Hero Shop is doing as well. This is honestly one of my favorite things to talk to stylists about because I just discover so many brands, new brands. right? Yeah, yeah and yeah. that's like our bread and butter. Completely. And I feel yeah. like I can't keep track of it for yeah. the most part because there's so many and I'm just like, okay, wow, I didn't even know this existed. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to talk to you about was that you recently styled the two muses behind um, the documentaries. Yeah. The Elephant Whisperers for an event. What was that process like? Oh, I think if you ask me, like, what was my most special project in my career? I think it was that Mm -hmm. Um, for me to have met those two beautiful human beings. I remember when I got this opportunity, I just left everything I had that week. And I was like, I'm going to focus on this. I remember I watched the movie way before I I styled them. And uh, I was like in awe of just how like naive and pure and like, you know, they're just very happy people just happy with their elephants mm-hmm. you know and that's what life is to them and so when I got to know that I can dress these two I was over the moon honestly and I think it was just an incredible experience to just have met them and realize that they're not celebrities they're yeah. not actors they're literally there you know just for a story that they told the world and it's like now all over won an Oscar yeah. and I think it was one of the most special projects for me because it was just a very sweet process of me helping them and helping her tie her sari helping him wear his shirt you know we got them like uh, stuff from Fab India and Anavila and they were obviously like taken aback because they didn't even know that you know there's this whole world of styling we're going to give them clothes and everything and it was just a very pure experience and I think that that's very like close to my heart and I would love to have more such opportunities because I think like it's just a whole different experience when you're styling real people you know Mm -hmm. who are very outside of this glam world Uh, so that was very refreshing and really really like sweet like that that I think is something that I'll take with me forever that's really nice yeah it's really nice to hear whom would you want to style like you just brought up right now that you know when you think that you've styled this person or that person Mm. but like who is on your bucket list so to speak in Bollywood 
anywhere international or like um, indian india okay i would love to style anushka sharma i mean not that she's not styled well i think she's styled impeccably but mm-hmm. i think she has something about her that kind of stands out in a crowd mm-hmm. and i think she's very like easy and relaxed and you know she's someone who doesn't try too hard so i just like her personality and her general sense of style mm-hmm. i think i'd love to style alia but only and only because i started with her and if i could ever style her again it would just kind of be like going back Yeah. Also because she's an in, insane actor and um Hollywood I would love to try Jodie Comer. I'm obsessed with her ever since I watched Killing Eve and I think the show itself uh, the styling was mm-hmm. out of this world. So I think she has a very interesting sense of style. I would love to style her and like maybe Anne Hathaway. I mean she's stunning. But yeah, these are just like wishes. And like which Indian label would you style them in? Wow, Anne Hathaway or oh, Jodie Comer actually I would love to see her in an Anamika. I think she'd like really pull it off. She Or, really would, you know. Yeah, like I think she has that spunk to her. Like yeah. she's not entirely feminine. She's not like that. She's somewhere in between and yeah, I think some something of an edge. Yeah, which is why yeah. I think she could really pull that off. What yeah. about Anne Hathaway? I don't know. I think she'd look like you know in just something like very pretty white pristine sari and maybe like a classic sabyasachi or maybe even a classic manish malhotra like you know one of those very timeless sequin yeah sequin oh sari yes. you know and just like yeah. clean makeup red lip and maybe like a flower in her hair and something like something that's completely obviously different for her body yeah very like vintage indian glam i think yeah. she'd look stunning Tell me, have you seen a fashion collab recently that you really resonated with? What I uh, really resonated with forever, and I think this is my favorite collab, is mm-hmm. Fenty into Puma. I think that is iconic, and the fact that it's coming back, yeah, is very exciting. Rihanna can never do anything wrong. Yeah, yeah, man, she's like something else. So she's like iconic. I think in the truest sense, you know, For there's sure. there's nothing she cannot do. Like it's like everything she touches literally becomes gold. So I think I think she can collab with anything and. whatever like it can be yeah. beauty it can be lifestyle it can be fashion and i think she like nail everything she can really yeah. nail everything what two brands would you like to see collaborate uh, indian and international okay so i think sabyasachi into birkenstock would be like it would be my dream collab mm-hmm. uh, i am a birkenstock girl i think that the most comfortable like footwear option there is to be on shoots to be like anywhere travel whatever it kind of like goes with everything everywhere anyway, indian like magically yeah like whenever yeah. a kurta and jeans and like birkenstocks it works and i think that collab like to do his beautiful prints and like maybe like embroidery uh, on the buckle like i can already see it in my head and see that this is going to work and like sell like get mm-hmm. get sold out just like the sabyan h&m campaign where i didn't get anything like literally i got my hands on nothing cuz it got sold out i know yeah. i mean Though. I think this this would be really interesting. Like I would love to see something which is also more affordable in that sense. Like you know, Birkenstock. It, it is something that a lot of people wear. Yeah, it's accessible. So I think that would be a really fun collab. Yeah, you never know. It's probably like also in the works. somewhere in the making. Yeah. What about your job makes you happy? Would you say? I think the end result. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very cliched, but it is that. Like for me to see it all come together at the end of it. Uh, of course, there's also a thrill of the whole creative bit, wherein you're like sitting with your team and mood boarding, and I like that part also because it's exciting because you're trying to put something new for this person that you've been styling for years. Like I've been styling, for example, say Shyoni or Mithila for like six years, and imagine. 
doing a new thing every time it's tough yeah. you know so like i like the bit where you're sitting and doing your homework and you're curating and like putting together mood boards and trying to like ideate and the in between part i don't love because that's where you lose your mind and like you don't sleep and you're just running around like mm-hmm. a headless chicken everywhere and then of course seeing it all come together and seeing it like you know when you see that final photograph of your work and when you know that okay you've done a good job that like does it for me cuz i yeah. know what's gone behind that like yeah. people seeing it on instagram are just like hey, that's a pretty dress and she looks great but i'm like yeah you know i've had nightmares getting that or whatever like the story yeah. behind a look so that for me is very interesting cuz i feel like people don't discuss what goes behind behind every look that you put together there could be like ridiculous stories sometimes and funny stories of how that actually came into being I mean, if, if only they knew huh yeah if only they knew that that should be a whole different like segment maybe yeah. where you can like ask people about you know pick looks and just ask them what went behind it because yeah. i have like horror stories funny stories and like yeah i'm sure there are many many like me who have a lot of those So we're moving on into the final segment of the show and here we have a few questions for you from the blur the border team. Can you share a memorable experience from working with a client or on a project that challenged you creatively? So this would be in 2016 or 17 I went to Cannes Film Festival with an Indian actor and I think it was challenging as all hell because I had to put together seven looks and my turnaround time was like 2 weeks and I mean I don't know but I I've always heard that people prep for Cannes like 6 months prior and you know you're like designing your outfits yeah. and everything and here I just had to reach Cannes with like nine suitcases with no assistant and i had to like this was my first time i was like properly doing international sourcing for an indian actor and i was just kind of like learning you know the nitty gritties of that and trying to figure how am i going to go with like nine suitcases and absolutely no help and i reach can and you know you get like this this air hits you where you're like okay you're actually here which is like the most iconic kind of red carpet in a, in mm-hmm. the truest sense you know when it comes to fashion and then i realized that it was so not glamorous because we were just doing like like hotel to hotel like me my suitcase we just like running all around the place uh, there was no tailor and we had to like find a tailor i had to somehow use my little french that i knew from school and try and talk to people over the phone and call like a person to come and fit her into an outfit and it was insane like i guess for people it's not usually this challenging because you have a team with you usually but i did not and it was not pretty like that's all i can say it was really challenging yes it pushed me to like my i don't know i think i hadn't slept for like a week um and it all turned out really well but it was like yeah crazy challenging like i would not want that again i would i mean i would love to go to can and do this all over again in a more peaceful manner but yeah. that was insane like two weeks of being at can and like getting seven outfits and everything has to be a look and you know you need to deliver and it was not so i think that for me was uh, very very challenging what do you consider to be the most important factors to consider when choosing an outfit or a look for someone It's a few things. I think it's a mix of uh what the event is. Mm-hmm. Uh I think that's actually the most important one because you need to know where you're headed and what's your dress code or you know what's the right way to dress for that particular event and uh, the person's body type. 
I think that's also very important to me to before I pick an outfit, you yeah. know. And then I think just in general understanding it's a mix of like their personality and what could work on them. So I feel like if you're going for a red carpet, you know you have a certain kind of um, you know, mood board that you'd have versus going for a film screening. Yeah. So for me, like keeping the event in mind is very very important because that's where you can completely like you can't go completely underdressed or red carpet yeah. or overdressed or film screening. So that mix with like If it's somebody new for me it's way more challenging because now with the girls I work with I know them in and out but if it's somebody new these are like the few pointers mm-hmm. you know keeping in mind their body type I'll also like to do my homework and see what's worked on them in the past and what hasn't so like if you want to do something new you kind of find that balance in between which is something new that they've done also kind of challenging but also not like the same old um yeah i think these are the few factors and then of course it's very important to ask them what they also prefer wearing because of course it's yeah. a collaborative experience but i try my best to kind of make it like you know the best of both worlds and kind of like meet uh, halfway yeah Okay, with that we've come to the end of the episode. Shreeja, thank you so much for your candidness. Thank you. I think this was fun. Yeah, I was completely candid. I've had zero filter. <laughs> uh yeah, I hope it comes across the same way. Thank you so cool. much. Thank you. Thank you, Surbi. Well, that was our conversation with Shreeja and she kept it real. If you enjoyed that, follow us on your favorite streaming platform. We'll be back next week. Until then, I'm your host, Sir Bhishakla.